0: Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm here in front of a live audience at the Festival of Innovation in Malvern with today's guest. She grew up in Worcestershire and settled back in the county after studying English literature and creative writing at Huddersfield University. She built her commercial career at a local cybersecurity software company, Titania, where she worked for nine years and became VP of operations. In 2011, she became a founding member of the Worcestershire Literary Festival, where she's been a director since 2016. After making the move to the charity sector, she now coordinates operations at Worcester Food Bank and is a trustee and finance committee member for a local academy trust of five primary schools. She is Ruth Allsop. Hello.
1: Hello. How
0: are you doing? I'm
1: good, thanks. How are you? Good.
0: Yeah, yeah, really good. <laughs>
1: that was long. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make it long to, you know, keep everyone on, on the <laughs> yeah. hooks and make
0: them as nervous as possible. Seems to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, no, thank you very much for, for coming in and doing this. Uh, Adrian kindly volunteered your name and said you'd be a fantastic guest.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> not no knowing the uh, live audience element, did I? When yeah, I know. Yes we, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> Ruth didn't realise it was going to be live. <laughs> until until I, uh, rang
1: me, I was like, oh, okay. oh, it's live, is it? Right, okay, <laughs> interesting.
0: <laughs> but you still didn't back out. Well, well you couldn't no, You couldn't, really I couldn't at that, at that, that point. Could you say? That was good. <laughs> yeah, we had you. It was all part of the cunning plan, you see. Excellent, no, thank you, appreciate it. Um, cool, well... Uh, when you sent me your bio and everything, because we haven't met before until this, uh, well, about five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, I was looking at it and I was thinking, wow, variety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <busy. laughs> Lots of variety. So you, you grew up around Worcestershire. Um, yeah. Where, whereabouts was that?
1: Uh, so I grew up in Tolodyne. Oh, i never um, heard of that. Yeah. Uh, that? So it's one of the less desirable areas, but I love it. All right, okay. Um, yeah, went to primary school in um, the Brickfields area and then went to Nunnerywood High School. Okay, so. that,
0: that's in Worcester, is it? So yes, oh, yeah, yeah, all in okay. Worcester, yeah. Right, okay. So I'm still getting to know all the areas of Worcester. Yeah. It's pretty bad, isn't it? No, not <laughs> at all, no, not if you <laughs> don't grow up there. Uh, okay, cool, cool. And then, um, so yeah, what, what was young Ruth like then? Were you good at school and uh, academic and all of that, or?
1: Um, yes, I was ac- definitely academic. I enjoyed academia, enjoyed reading a lot. Um, I don't know if I would say I was good. I was still quite fiery and um, opinionated. My (laughs) mum brought me up to be that way. So yeah, but um, yeah, loved school, loved college, loved university, just yeah, generally liked education and reading and Right, okay,
0: it suited you. You you You're into books from a a young age. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, really into books, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) okay.
0: (laughs) Excellent, so I I guess you flew through in terms of grades and things, you sort of nailed GCSEs and-
1: Um, um, I yeah, mean I struggled with like GCSEs I did quite well I struggled with um exams at college in particular because I didn't feel like I had enough time to really you know get into everything I wanted to say during that time right, so okay. I didn't quite hit the grades that I was expecting to at um at college but I'd chosen my university based on the course content rather than the okay. um grades needed to get in so that didn't affect where I was going and they ended up giving me a grant and so on to go there and so forth. So yeah, it wasn't really a worry for me at that point. But yeah, exams have never, it's a bit like um, one of your guests was saying earlier that I don't think the uh, setup of education always works for everybody. You can be talented in certain areas, but you're kind of expected everybody of every different ability to fit into the same. Mm. way of working which I don't think is necessarily true
0: doesn't yeah so did university suit you a bit better then in terms of yeah I loved it
1: I didn't necessarily pick the subject I was best at I picked the subject that I loved and Mm. I just thought I don't know what I want to do I'm 18 so I don't really know yet (laughs) um but if I do something I enjoy then you know I'll have a good time and I'll get a good grade at the end and that's the most important thing so that was what I based my uh decision on really
0: that's uh, yeah that's really good that sounds like you were you were pretty wise at that age then. is that right?
1: <laughs> well the reason I picked creative writing as part of my literature um course was that I thought if I was going to be criticizing everybody, other, everybody else's writing for three years I should probably give it a go myself and then um, <laughs> okay. see what it was about <laughs> uh, so I was only going to do it for a year but I ended up doing it for the full three years and getting my degree in that and it was a nice mix of sort of creativity and academia in terms of then um, weighing out some of the essays with uh yeah some writing creative writing as well, right so. okay
0: yeah I mean it all takes a degree of creativity really doesn't it if you're writing an essay yeah. an academic essay you've got to sort of create it I mean you've got to you know figure it out from from a blank page which is creativity I suppose
1: yeah absolutely um but particularly that so most creative writing courses I came across were poetry short stories that's pretty much it Mm-hmm. Um, what Huddersfield had which was the university I went to was uh, stand-up comedy song lyrics oh dramatic wow. monologue um, all taught by people who had actually succeeded in those areas as well so yeah when I went to the open day I was like this is this is great this is the place I want to be so oh, cool. that's where I went yeah that must have been really interesting <laughs> to it learn, was really fun all those yeah.
0: different sort of disciplines because everything yeah. uh, so it was interesting I find when you don't know something about a uh, a profession or a discipline or something, once you start digging into it a bit, you realise there's so much to it. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the same with uh, with any one of those things you just mentioned. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so from Huddersfield then, you came back to Worcester?
1: I did, yeah, again, um, somebody else said early recession, <laughs> another <Right>. one. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, in 2010 I graduated, so right, okay. yeah, it was a pretty um, rocky, time so i did sort of look for roles there but then in the end um yeah came back home
0: yeah yeah okay and and look for a job and is that when you went to titania is it
1: so i had a brief stint uh in a coffee shop in birmingham new street mm-hmm. station okay yeah, with no windows which <laughs> oh. was fun <laughs> but you know you know it taught me a lot um about customer service and it was you know enjoyable to a point but it was um What was really annoying is I commuted there by train, but my train didn't go to New Street station, so I still (laughs) had to walk from another train station. (laughs) That used to get me every day. (laughs) Um but yeah, I learned a lot there. Um and yeah, what was really interesting was that that those jobs um they were hiring about 10 people, and I think they had about 90 people apply for these just working in coffee shop jobs in Birmingham New Street. And um the only reason I got that job, because I had absolutely no retail experience or anything, was because I'd emailed ahead of time to the woman saying, I want to make sure that I can make these shifts. I've looked at my train time, so I don't want to waste your time coming for this interview if there's a chance that it's not going to work for you. So I just yeah. wanted to tell you ahead of time, and she was like, right, just yeah. the fact that you've done that. <laughs> and that taught me a real lesson of, um, you know, how to be in business, I think, just that okay. one sort of um, nugget of information. So yeah, everything's worthwhile and sort good.
0: of being proactive and yeah uh,
1: and conscious of other people and their time and you know what it means yeah. to be uh trying to run a business like that and yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah it was interesting
0: <laughs> and did you just out of interest like uh, when you were working in the coffee shop did you know that you were learning a lot or is that kind of looking back on it now you realize you learned a lot I
1: remember that happening and being like oh that you know I just did it because it was naturally what I would do but it was yeah. a lesson that sort of stuck with me um, I still sometimes dream about making cappuccinos, so I definitely <laughs> learnt that. <laughs> but, but that's um, a, yeah. a life skill, isn't it? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Excellent. Okay, cool. Um, so then, yeah, wh- what? how did you get to Titanium? Did you kind of run out of... Uh, steam
1: (laughs) so what i didn't write in there was i also helped run the huddersfield literary festival when i was at uni Ah, okay so when i came back i um found out that there was a worcester literary festival sort of being started up right um and there was a mutual connection between the owner of titania and um some of the people who were setting up the literary festival so i started volunteering for the literary festival and they introduced me to Ian, who was the um, founder and owner of Titania. So it was just him and one other person at that time.
0: Okay, Um, and then he, he got to know you and offered you the job. Essentially, or...?
1: Yeah, there was no interview, really. It was just like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he, I think he sold it as, I need some of you to answer the phones, but then when I <laughs> answered the phones, there was nobody to do anything with the phone call. <laughs> so then I had to sort of be like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll okay. go from there. So they are in the very, very very early stages. Um, okay. of, so Ian had been selling his product through a partner, and um, right. not so much directly up until that point. So um, I was kind of the first commercial person who right. came in at that time so yeah i was 21 okay
0: yeah. okay and you, you stay there for nine years because when i looked at your you know your bio i was like how do you go from studying english literature to working at cybersecurity? yeah software company yeah, that's
1: what i asked myself a couple of times <laughs> over the time yeah so it was just it was literally uh you know a random meeting of people um To be honest, I didn't think I would be there nine years. I thought I'd, you know, get a bit of experience under my belt. They were paying me when I first started, you know, similar to what I was earning in the coffee shop job, but I didn't have to commute and I didn't have people shouting at me for coffee all day. So it was like, (laughs) great. Um, But then obviously as I got more and more involved, just, you know, got a bit of a bug for business and really loved the people I was working with. So it kind of just... um, went from there and got busier and busier and busier, sort of snowballed into a <laughs> quite a bit more of a career than I was expecting, but... Yeah, yeah.
0: so um, so you were more involved, obviously, with the the sort of business aspect of it rather than the cybersecurity aspect.
1: So um, it's a software development company, really, in the okay. cybersecurity field. So ah, okay, um, gotcha. they create software products that audit firewall switches and routers for vulnerabilities. Okay. I, I haven't said that. this you for a while, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... The um, technical side was the coding side, basically. So okay. I never did that. I did do technical support at one point. When I first joined, I did sales, marketing, technical support accounts. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Customer service. Um, yeah, because yeah, I was the only person in there. And then we... Um, it was really nice because Ian would just sort of be like, what what bit do you want to hand over now? What bit do you want to do now? And he'd just okay. sort of, you know, um, we'd go from there, really. So I... Um, handed off the sales and um, account side, became marketing manager, and then kind of went backwards and forwards between sales and marketing manager um, and marketing manager, depending on um, what need was in the business <laughs> at that right, time. Okay. Um, and then moved on up to um, operational managing director was the UK job title, mm-hmm. but because um, p- 80% of our customers are in america that's where vp of of operations comes in because okay it's more of an american yeah it doesn't um, managing director doesn't really mean the same thing so that's where that's why i ended it with two job titles (laughs) at the same time that
0: that, that sounds like a great experience because you got to see you know early stages and building a company yeah and be part
1: of all of that yeah and i definitely enjoyed that bit the most um right really really enjoyed those first couple of years where we were just sort of finding our way and um yeah bringing on lots of new people yeah and having lots of new opportunities yeah it was great definitely
0: so um can i ask you then about um that that kind of stage when you're getting to the point where you know you think you need to take someone else on to fill a fill a role Mm -hmm. that process um were you kind of writing processes for that role and bring someone in and giving them those processes to follow and, and that sort of thing? As or? in
1: if they were taking the role from me? Or yeah, if you were
0: doing a role and suddenly there was a, a, a section of it that could be handed off to someone else, yeah. how do you, um, how we sort of, deal, can you tell us a bit about that process? Of, yeah, of so there was a lot in? of
1: um, trial and error <laughs> with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it kind of depends what department it is because that happened in quite a few departments for mm-hmm. me. So with um, accounts processes, it's quite yeah basic in terms of normally we would be because i didn't have experience in any of these areas so normally we would be employing somebody with experience more experience in that area than me so i go you know this is what i've done done so far this is how we've worked it out you know always if you know how to improve it have ideas on how to improve it that's great this is how things are set up at the moment and it just be a collaborative um Mm -hmm. kind of process from there really um And then there were other areas where in sort of say marketing where by the time I left that position, I had my own, you know, I'd built up my own sort of five years of experience by that point. Um, But again, I, I, you know, you're hiring people for what they bring really, Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, what you can give them. So I'm quite diligent in giving them everything I can, but also saying that isn't what you have, you know, those aren't yeah. the rules <laughs> you yeah. know brought you in for your creativity and your impact so um yeah go from there
0: i guess there's a bit of a fine line between uh you know and i haven't really had to experience this myself yet but between kind of bringing someone in and saying yeah y- you know you do it the way you want to do it but also maintaining some control over it and making sure that it is done to a certain standard as well because yeah. presumably if you just bring someone in and say you know on with it they might go off and start doing something yeah in a completely different way which you no longer have control of and it's difficult if they then leave or something
1: yeah and yeah i would never um sort of lose sight of what they were doing it's just more cultivating an open environment where people can make uh, suggestions and to be honest if the interview you can always hire somebody who is different than what you thought in interview right, but generally okay. if the interview process has gone well, and you've been honest about what you're looking for, for from a person and their outlook to work and so on. You, you tend to get the right level of use your own initiative and check back in. I've mm-hmm. found, but also, we employed um, a business coach to help me in particular because I the only person sort of above me were the owners, and they you know admitted that sort of managing wasn't the thing they wanted to do so they right. got me this kind of resource in to help me with that um so I had a lot of coaching again right. you come in with no experience in anything so yeah a lot of <laughs> coaching in that area to help me with um with all those things but
0: okay that's that's really good that yeah. they they would do that as well yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah they were
1: really supportive they just again it's about knowing where your where your strengths are and what you want to do and what you're passionate about and then um, yeah they were very good in terms of yeah, offering me resources to help me, which was great.
0: Yeah, okay. So, what would be your sort of top? Uh, I don't want to say top tips, a bit cliche, doesn't it? But your advice to people, you know, interviewing uh, staff, like uh, or interviewing poten- for potential positions. What would you say? You um, know, how did you run it? Oh, is there any special techniques or anything?
1: you <laughs> um, To be honest, it's not really a technique, but be honest and be yourself. And, right. you know, it doesn't mean you have to say every tiny little negative thing that exists about <laughs> what you're doing, but don't try and sell a dream that doesn't exist. You know, you, you okay. want to make sure that you've got a person who is, you know, entering. The, it's a bit like a relationship, isn't it? It's like entering, knowing what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. But also being really friendly, open and relaxed because you get Mm -hmm. a lot more out of people when you do that than if you're being stern, standoffish, kind of, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people that I didn't employ because of things that, that, you know, they got very relaxed and said things that were obviously indicative of their opinions um, that made me go, you know what, probably not the right fit. (laughs) So you sort of um, have to
0: put people at ease so that they open up and then when they yeah. do open up and you go,
1: ah. I mean, a lot, obviously, <laughs> the majority of the time, you yeah, don't get fine. that. But yeah, now yeah. and then you you really, you know, get insights into people. And if you put up some kind of barrier, then you're not going to get that. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a mixture of interview techniques. <laughs> <that> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's the more relaxed, friendly one. Right, my, good yeah. cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. laughs> yeah, absolutely. Excellent.
0: Okay, so um, so all the time you're at you're Titania, you're also building the, the literary festival, I guess.
1: So the, I did take a little bit of a break in the... So I did a couple of years, took um, a little bit of a break where things got particularly um, busy in life. Um, yeah. And then in 2016, went back, and that's when they asked me to be director, so maybe trying to make sure I didn't go again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's a great... Um, team and I'm co-directors with two others as well. So yeah, it's nice that we share the the load. Um we're a small committee of people, sort of five or six um, right, okay. people, but then with a big community around us who are really supportive and our whole sort of mantra is that we're just a platform for the community to come and share their work. It doesn't matter what level you're at, it doesn't matter if you're published or not. Um, mm. All of our events, you know, are normally free or within £5, you know, right. entry mm-hmm. fee. We do a lot of open mic nights, a lot of, you know, just um, supporting each other and listening and being that platform for people starting out. And then, you know, a lot of our writers who started with us have gone on to great things and it's nice to see them, you know, Very going cool. off and headlining and writing novels <laughs> and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we're... You know, some people say, "Have oh, you go for this funding and that?" And you know, could be this and, <laughs> um, yeah. I I know me personally. I think the other directors as well. The reason it's stayed the size it has is because it's a nice, you know, s- small community that's very supportive. With no, n- <laughs> no money isn't a worry because <laughs> mm, there isn't. Yeah, money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's how we've decided to keep it as just a community festival where we support. Um, local writers. So. Okay,
0: yeah, so it's about local writers yeah. kind of coming up and and yeah. you sh- you know giving them a platform to to showcase their yeah absolutely. Work. So
1: um, I've taken a bit of a break from it at the moment while I'm doing my um, volunteer work with the school, mm-hmm. but um, they're still running at least monthly open mic nights. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to come along, then right. uh, they can contact us through Facebook and book a slot. Okay, and it's excellent. open to anyone. So
0: okay, excellent, cool. Um, so then, uh, I think it was fairly recently when you left Titania, was it?
1: December uh, 2019, yeah. 2019, okay, <laughs> that feels recent because yeah. of the last 18 yeah, months. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Kind of, uh, we're, we're ignoring, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, what brought you to that decision then?
1: Um, I'd I'd known that I wasn't um, happy in the role that I was in. I'd never really wanted to go into a commercial role. I know mm. that sounds silly to do it for nine years, but Now I understand it. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of, like I say, snowballed a bit and um, I cared a lot about the company and the people in it and I'd been there through every single person's recruitment either directly or indirectly Um, and we were up to about 55 people or so when I left. Um, I just found it difficult to step away even though I knew it was the right thing Um, and I got to a point where I was just working so many hours and I was so stressed It's just like, this isn't what life's about. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the people I work with care about me as well and they just want the best for me. Um, So I tried kind of looking for jobs while I was still working there, but I just couldn't because I was just too, you know, head in the game. Mm -hmm. So um, my husband and I got married in um, 2017. And at that point, we decided that I'd start gradually working my way out. So it took me another, like, (laughs) couple of years to get me there. But I moved out from my uh, managing director role to um, project management. So I wasn't, I was kind of just trying to become less and less relied upon and got kind of a replacement where we worked together side by side. I say a replacement, he did He's did a very sort of different job to what I did, but he took on um, a lot of the elements of my role. So we worked side by side for a bit. And then finally I just got to a point where I was like, I'm never gonna leave unless I just go. So right. I spoke to my husband and said, I'm just gonna quit without having a job, is that okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he'd been building his career and he was at a good, you know, settled place and I'd supported him through quite a lot of career changes and stuff. So he was like, yeah, okay. And then I was like, I'll just take a couple of months to (laughs) work it out. And I did some volunteering at some schools and stuff like that. Um, And then uh, around about March, I thought, oh, I'll (laughs) I'll look for a job. And yeah, pandemic situation happened. But um, at that point I had already been accepted onto a teacher training course. which is called Teach First, which is where you go direct into teaching rather than, so you do a PGCE, but you don't have the kind of university element. You do mm-hmm. 80% timetable from day one. So right, it's like okay. a, this really intensive. Um, so I was going to do that in the, the new school year. Mm. So I was training for that until June. And then that all, uh, they couldn't place about 50% of their placements, largely in the West Midlands. So um, they deferred me for a year, and to be honest, my my reasoning for sort of wanting to go into teaching was wanting to particularly teach first. They place you in schools in deprived areas, mm-hmm. and the school I'd been volunteering in was in a deprived area. So I was really wanting to, you know, work in the community and support um, families and children who were just, you know, in difficult situations. So when that fell through, they were going to defer me. Um, I then was kind of just looking out for things going on, looking in the charity sector in particular, and then saw the operations role for uh, Worcester Food Bank and thought that's a perfect um, match, really, for the skill set that I've got, Mm -hmm. um, where I feel like I can give a lot of value, like a lot more value than, the money that I'm paid by them, which is important to me working for a charity. It's like, I feel like I need to um, be giving a lot more than they're giving me. Um, So yeah, it was the first job interview I'd had in 10 years. (laughs) Um, So yeah, went, obviously went for that and got the job. So that's where I've been since. And I decided not to take the deferral for the teacher training course and carry on there because I just absolutely love it. Yeah, really yeah. It, yeah. What
0: does your day to day involve there then?
1: Uh, a bit <laughs> of everything, really. Um, so, we have a, a warehouse manager who will sort of coordinate a lot of the uh, the well oiled machine that it that is. I mean, it's an if anybody ever wants to come down and look at Worcester Food Bank, it is an incredible operation in terms right. of what they've got going. Um, But yeah, I'll just have, so I do a lot of client work, so I ring a lot of the clients who, um, we have a delivery service, I'll talk through um, their requirements with them, I'll deal with all of the agencies, so um, with food bank, people have to be referred for a food bank voucher, so they don't just turn up at the door and say, can I have some food, they'll be referred to us through the NHS, social services, uh, Citizens Advice Bureau, schools, Um, Mm -hmm. we've got hundreds of agencies that we work with. So I'll work with the agencies to get them onboarded, help them with any client questions, um, manage all the donations, the fundraising, the um, volunteer recruitment and training. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is all, you know, part that I work with sort of 60 to 70 volunteers who obviously all contribute to that. So I'm just kind of like in the middle, pulling (laughs) pulling the strings, but they're, they're the ones doing you know all the hard work really and they are the most incredible it's like none of i'm the only i'm i'm paid part-time i'm the only person and i'm funded by an asda grant right um so every other person there is there completely for free just wanting to give their time to help people and they are just the most amazing people to be around Um, and just feel lucky every day really to get to work with them because yeah it's a a different kind of workforce do you experience anywhere else <laughs> yeah yeah <I> <laughs> um, imagine, guess,
0: completely self-motivated and uh you know if they don't want to turn up they don't kind of yeah thing, and so.
1: extremely <laughs> highly qualified because most really, of them yeah. are most of them are either taken early retirement or have retired right from incredible you know policemen doctors council uh right. business people Say like literally every skill set you can imagine to it, like really teach lots of teachers, um, right. so yeah, just passionate, competent, kind, lovely people to be around.
0: Oh, <laughs> it sounds like it's uh, you know you've landed on your feet in terms of uh, yeah absolutely you know, a new direction and and, and I think it's a bit
1: scary when you picture doing something like that and is it going to live up to the kind of idealized expectation that you've got in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just nice that it has really, (laughs) 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 because otherwise it would have been a bit like, oh, can I come back? But um, no, yeah, it's really the right decision for me. And um, all the things I learned in my commercial career just mean that I can um, yeah, really bring value to that. So yeah, it's been brilliant. Mm been okay, good. but yeah different, very yeah
0: different yeah 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 mm-hmm. well as I said at the beginning like uh obviously lots of variety and you know yeah c- kind of a change in direction but you know similar similar skill set I suppose you know tr- just transferred it over to, to the charity work and
1: yeah I think that's what I was struggling with as I knew I wanted to go into the charity sector but almost by accident I'd equip myself with all these skills that I didn't really want to use I didn't really right, want okay. to do I I didn't want it wasn't that I didn't want to do the job I wanted to do the job I was doing at Citania somewhere else. Yeah. I just didn't want to do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of like well I you know I've got this CV full of stuff that I don't want do, <laughs> that I don't want to do <laughs> which is a bit of a tricky uh, situation to be in. So yeah, I didn't really all I knew is that I wanted to go into the charity sector in some way especially working in sort of, um, you know, people who were in crisis of some sort. But I was struggling with, like, how, how I got there without going through another five years or whatever of education in some, di- you know, social work or, right, you know, yeah, it was... Yeah. It's one of those things sometimes, isn't it? It's just a crossroads and you can almost get... Um, well, I did. I was kind of stuck with too many options and too many questions and mm. yeah
0: but I you took that bold step to actually leave your job when you realized you weren't happy yeah with it, you know which is a hard decision to make
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> and like i say it's um no reflection on titania whatsoever, no no of course yeah. No, no, no. yeah just on what happens isn't it life's well. crazy Oh look, we were,
0: we've we've smashed through half an okay. hour. <laughs> pleased to know. Uh, I'd just like to see if there's any questions uh, from the audience. One over there. Hi. Hello, Ruth. What what, what a what a fascinating
1: and generous. <laughs> I just have one little question to ask because it's all about food banks. Do you have enough food to give to all the people who you currently give to? Yeah, so our community is really extraordinarily generous and there are there are peaks and troughs within the year in terms of how many donations are coming in but thankfully they also seem to go with the demand as well although the past year the demand seems to have just increased no matter what. But um, So our stocks at the moment are at the lowest point that they've been this year but they're at the highest point they've ever been in this month, yeah. since we've been open. So, we do have enough food. At the moment, we are giving out more than we're getting in. So, we definitely need and want more donations. But history tells us that when we get into harvest and Christmas, so last year, um, we had to find two more storage sites to store the overspill of food that we were getting because we were so overwhelmed by it. We had so much. But it just shows what demand has been since then, that all of those, all of those stores have gone now and we're back down to um, where we were. So, um, yeah, people are really generous and we just hope they are again this year with everything that's happened. Um, even more people are going to be even more financially stretched. So, mm. you know, we just have to hope that the people who have got spare capacity um, come out and help us. But we have some amazing stories like... Um, We had a a girl who had come to the food bank about a year before this happened. And um, the team had been really kind to her and given her some bubbles to play with while she was in the queue. And she'd remembered this. And then when when her and her mum had come out of the difficult situation, they were in for her birthday that year. It was her seventh birthday. She asked instead of presents whether her mum could do a donation to us to food bank because of how lovely the team were to her. Huh. And she came down with a bag of food and a birthday cake that she wanted us to give to another little girl who, you know, might be in a situation where um, they couldn't afford that. And that's that's the thing um, about the community that we've got, is that even, they still didn't have much, but as soon as they mm. got to a point where they could even just give a bag of food on a special occasion, they came mm. down and, um, And that's what makes it bearable. Because I think you almost feel like... Because you have really difficult conversations with people who are really, really upset in awful situations. And you just see things happening over and over, thinking that it's just sort of kicking people when they're down. But then you see the opposite side of things and all Mm. the kindness and generosity coming from the other side. So it gives, you know... Even though it's hard, it's also uplifting, which is... um, Yeah, so... But thank you for asking. We would still very much like donations if possible. Yes, yeah, so we um <laughs>
0: Thanks for that. Where should um, where should people go to sort of do that? To, to the website or...?
1: Yeah, so the website and the Facebook page. We do publish a... Um, so particularly there are certain types of items we need. So we have lots of beans. We have lots of pasta, yeah. for instance. Yeah. Uh, so we publish a... Um, shopping list that has all of the items that uh, okay. we're in most need of. That's on right. the website and on pinned on the top of our Facebook page because we also um, do uh, essential toiletries and cleaning products as well mm-hmm. for people. Um, so, you know, and we also do something called a cooking bag, which is like herbs, spices, salt and pepper to try mm-hmm. and make the food a bit more, you know, exciting yeah, yeah. and enjoyable yeah. for people. So there's elements to those parts of the past that people don't maybe necessarily think that we right, do. Okay. And those are the ones that we tend to run low on the most. Okay. Um, right. So, But that's all on sort of one shopping list that's on the website.
0: Okay. And what's the website?
1: Uh, Worcesterfoodbank.org.uk, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> Just I'm sure Google Worcesterfoodbank Food Worcester and you'll Foodbank. find it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: Bruh. Well, once again, thank you thank very you. much it's been a pleasure <laughs> and um yeah really appreciate it and and yeah well done
1: <laughs> thanks thanks for having me
0: you've been listening to the thriving three counties podcast with me dan barker you can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at dot forward slash podcast if you've enjoyed today's show please head over to itunes and leave us a review helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.